Hi, I'm Robin Montgomery, and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to episode 123 of the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molly, your host. This week, I speak to 17-year-old Robin Montgomery. Robin is our second Junior Slam champion we've had on recently. Like Danny Rincon from two weeks back, she also won the US Junior Open. We talk about her experience there, playing in the ladies' event last year, differences and similarities between the two events. We talk about her training, her team, her diet, and spending less time on Instagram. Robin is very sweet, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we start, a shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger, who make the awesome portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. I've mentioned this a lot lately, but if you plan to surprise anybody with a Slinger Bag for Christmas, you've got to get ordering quickly because Christmas deadlines are coming up. Order now at slingerbag.com. If you have any questions about the Slinger Bag, you can always reach out to me on Instagram or by email, and you'll find those details at functionaltennis.com. Okay, here's Robin. Really hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hi, Robin. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, super excited to have you on. Really excited that we had Danny Rincon on a couple of weeks ago. He was the boys US Open Junior Champion. Now we've the girls US Open Junior Champion. Tell me, congrats, first of all. How was that experience for you this year? I mean, it was a crazy experience as well. I mean, ever since I was young, I always dreamed of becoming a... I mean, Grand Slam champion, but it's obviously even a junior Grand Slam champion. It definitely meant a lot to me. So it was a crazy experience being able to accomplish that. And how would you get through the draw? Was it comfortable? Any match points you saved? Any stressful moments? I mean, going into the tournament, I kind of just wanted to make it past like the third round. Okay. <laughs> but when I got the draw, obviously anyone's beatable, so I wasn't to me, there's not like a, oh, this is a great draw because anyone can lose on any day. So I just decided to take it one match at a time when the draw came out. And I had some stressful matches, but I was glad I was able to contain my emotion and everything throughout the entire tournament. And when did you think or believe I can actually win this? Probably, and I'm going to be completely honest, probably not until the finals. <laughs> Okay, that worked That worked out good. Yeah, because like I said, each opponent is tough and everything. The quarterfinals, I've had many matches against Victoria, so it was, but we both knew it could go either way. So I was mainly focused on that match. And do you work with a psychologist at the USTA? I mean, I sometimes talk to them, but I don't work with them like specifically. I'll talk to them when obviously I go to the campus, but I have my own psychologist back at home that I talk to occasionally. And they encourage you not to think too far ahead, do they? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and is that something you've had to train? Because even amateur players may look to draw, and even professional pro top players look to draw and go, God, there's a nice path here. So how have you had to work on that so you don't get carried away? Well, I think, honestly, going, it wasn't that hard for me to stop looking throughout the entire draw. Granted, I do like to know who I could possibly meet in the next round and everything. So I kind of started balancing out by, okay, when the when the first round's out, I'll, I only go to the second round. 
I don't go past the second round and then just keep going like that. It also kind of, I liked how I was feeling, not like stressing about who I was going to play, like possibly in the semis or the quarters. So it kind of took a small weight off my shoulders without thinking so far ahead. And do you actually not look at the draw or do you actually look at the draw like that far ahead? No, I look at the draw. I like to look at the draw, but it has been a while since I've looked like all the way to like the semis or quarters. I usually just stop that round too. It's still a great skill to be able to block that out, you know, and say, okay, I'm playing whoever and not be worried about that when it's so far away. Yeah, I think I've got kind of used to it, but it definitely is a challenge because you always want to know. But like I said, and in tennis, anyone's beatable. So the draw can always change, even if you think this specific person's going to win that match or something. I mean, who knows? You could lose first round. (laughs) So, I mean, it just depends. Especially in junior tennis, there's always some crazy results. And so this year, you obviously won the girls. Last year, you played the girls and the senior event. How was that experience playing, obviously playing seniors and then the juniors? Tell me the difference to our listeners. I think, honestly, the difference is at the end of the experience. And honestly, juniors and pros, you can end up having a different mindset because obviously when you play in the pros, it's like you're playing against women where that's their job that's what they do for their living and you just I think they have an up in mental mental situations experience they have more I mean honestly it all comes down to experience because more experience playing all those tough matches at that level and being having consistent results and playing all these consistent tough matches which I think is the main difference between the pros and the juniors playing the different level and ball speed, weight of ball, is there a big difference? Not really. I guess it just depends who you play. But I honestly think that most of the junior girls can hit as big as some of the women's pros. I mean, I wouldn't say maybe we're not as consistent, but <laughs> we could still hit as hard as them. So, yeah. That was my next question. Consistency, but you answered that. And so you can bring those learnings from your senior matches into your junior matches. That must be a big advantage. Yeah, I mean, it's like pros and cons, honestly. But I think it definitely has helped me in this situation from playing the pros and then going to the juniors. I do feel like a sense of a little bit more confidence knowing I can handle certain matches in the pros. And some of these girls, I've, I don't think I've experienced that. So I know the different things and adjustments that can be done during those junior matches. And do you find that junior players can just check out too early? Yeah. I mean, I I even used to do it myself a lot (laughs) in the junior. So, I mean, I think, yeah, junior players were definitely known or fond of maybe checking out during matches while that's also another difference in the pros. They don't check out as much. They always fight till the end. While juniors, it seems to be like a a normal thing for the one of the players to check out. Yeah, it seems to be if you're a junior and you can just battle in there, keep the head in, you may not be the best level, but you'll win matches and tournaments because, you know, you come against a seed and they'll check out. And you mentioned you used to check out a bit. How have you changed that mentality to, to dive deeper? I think, honestly, it's trying to, I think I've been working on just letting go of things, honestly. I think that's the most important thing because it's not like I can go back and change what just happened in that point or in that game. So mostly just try to keep a calm mind and, yeah, (laughs) calm mind and try not to 
dwell on the past really because I can't change it. So next point. Yeah. Always next point. So was it hard after playing some senior events to go back playing junior events this year? I mean, yeah, it definitely has its own challenges. The level's different. There's a bit more pressure because some of the girls know you have played senior matches and now you're coming back against it in the juniors and everything. But I think it's a good it's a good challenge. So I didn't mind it throughout this year. Makes you tougher. And you obviously you won the US Open this year. You hadn't planned on going full time into the women's game, but is that a decision you've now made that you're gonna concentrate on the senior game, even though you've a year of juniors left? Yes. I the, my plan is to concentrate on developing my game even more for the for my pro career. And just two questions regarding that. One is, since when has anything changed? More media, more, I don't know, messages, more podcast requests, more, is anything? No, not really. I mean, I signed pro last year before the US Open. So all the media was kind of doing then, but now it's my team around me has helped me balance out and make sure I still just focus on myself in tennis. So... And how will training change now that you're concentrating on the senior game? Training is pretty much similar, but we do push more kind of on the fitness, endurance, and then building on different things and smaller things in the game. Because I always believe smaller details is sometimes what comes out when things are tight. So we're obviously developing, we're making my foundation stronger, but also adding new things so nice and we've a lot of listeners similar to your own age tell them what's what's your typical training day look like my typical training day is usually in the morning I'll play hour and a half or two hours and then depending on when the fitness coach is available I'll do fitness either between or one fitness for at least an hour hour and a half and then in the afternoon I'll do another hour and a half two hours of tennis and after all of that, I come back and try to do my best to complete some schoolwork. Oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah. And are you, you doing remote school? Yeah. Great. And what sort of, where are you actually training from? I train at Junior Tennis Champion Center, but now I'm also starting to come out to uh, Maranta Glue Tennis Academy as well to mix things up. Are you over here in France? Yeah. Oh, great. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And has IMG helped you since you signed with them? How have they helped you? I mean, they've helped me in many different ways. My The team that I have is always supportive through my ups and downs and everything. And they've also helped me try to put me out in some of the bigger tournaments to see if I can break through like that. But I do believe everyone's path is different and they definitely trust me and have confidence in me that I can make it. So nice. I do appreciate that. <laughs> well done, guys. Did you know we have over 170 great episodes with coaches, players, trainers and experts working at the highest level of the game? Tap the subscribe button on your podcast app so you don't miss out on the latest episodes of the podcast. And to listen to our great back catalogue of episodes with the biggest game changers in tennis, go to functionaltennispodcast.com. And from your team, what does your team look like? So my agent's are Caroline Ebner and Jill Smoller and Carlos from IMG. And then my mom and I are really close. So she travels mostly 
with me, but then also my aunt and grandma are also a part of my team. Um, nice. So I live with them back in D.C. And then my coach from College Park, his name's um, Ali Ignamba, and he's been with me since I was six years old. So he's he's definitely been a long time, and I hope he we continue. <laughs> And then his family is, I've, we've, all our families have grown pretty close together. So it's even, it's beyond tennis, honestly, that we consider them family as well. And then here at Morocco, my team is uh, Coach Thomas and Sandra. So that's who, and Lapo. And then TC is another fitness coach in DC that I work with. So that's pretty much the team. <laughs> Sounds really big, but it's not, half of it's family. So. <laughs> Good family. And tell me, does your fitness trait, Lapo, I know Lapo, does he push you hard? Yeah, he's been pushing me hard when I've been here. And then same thing back at home. TC has also been with me since I was young. And pretty much we started when I was like nine with TC. So he has also been um, a long time on my side. So, yeah, but the, all both the fitness coaches push me really hard. <laughs> they're, they're doing their job I will I speak to Lapo the odd time I'll mention it tell him push it a bit harder but and tell me do you like the side of France yeah I do like the side of France it's really nice great weather I mean it's freezing in DC right now so with this weather here I'm not complaining <laughs> and do you find much inspiration from the other guys and girls who train over there the top guys yeah I mean it's we're all trying to reach the same thing which I think is definitely what helps us makes this academy like what it's like because we're all striving for the same thing so we end up pushing each other even more and who's your favorite player to watch train over there well i mean djokovic actually came last week so it was nice watching him practice it's he's crazy focused all the time but i haven't seen that many other pros or other people come by to watch and train with but i mean back at home i get to watch francis so that's also nice. <laughs> he's had a good run lately. He's playing some great tennis and he's been fun on court, which is amazing. Yeah, that's Francis. <laughs> and who's your inspirational tennis player when you were growing up, when you said you wanted to be a champion? What player did you look up to? Uh, I mean, it's pretty... <laughs> Serena and Venus Williams, honestly. I'm sure you've heard that a lot of times, but they definitely have always been my idols since I was younger. And then once I started getting older through JTCC, I would like walk next to Francis and everyone. So he also started to become one of my idols when I was a bit older and finally understood like who he was. <laughs> and have you ever met Serena? I have a picture with her, but we never like officially met. But I've practiced with Venus a few times. I look forward to first round match next year where you're taking on your idol. And has Venus or Francis given you any bit of advice that stood to you? Yeah, I mean, Venus told me when we practiced together that the most important thing is that you make sure you love what you're doing. And that's why she even said that's why she's still out there today. And you can, throughout all the years she competed, that's what you can see that she truly loves the sport and playing it. And same thing with Francis. He always tells me to make sure we enjoy all the little moments and that anything is possible as long as you put your mind to it. But then 
he always says, make sure you have fun. Yeah, I mean, you can probably see that by the yeah. way he plays. Um, but yeah. Good inspirational people to have around with you. And let's just touch on, I'd read that you had a plant-based diet, but that may have changed. Tell me, first of all, how you got into a plant-based diet and what's changed? Well, it was my mom's idea during COVID and everything. It was like this research through DC and she joined and me and my grandma and my mom all lived together. And so I was kind of like, well, if mom's doing this, it kind of is going to be tough if like my grandma and I were eating like candy on the side or something like that. Then I told my mom, like, we'll all do it. So we did that through COVID and everything. And it was, it was pretty, in the beginning, it was a bit tough, but after like that week, it was fine. It was normal. The only reason why I ended up changing is because once I started traveling, to tournaments and everything, it was a bit harder to make sure I was getting every all the nutrition that I need needed during the tournaments and everything because some foreign countries don't have everything plant-based. <laughs> True. Yeah, so basically now I'm pretty much vegetarian and pescatarian. Like I eat fish once in a while. So the main thing is I don't eat meat. That's the main difference. And did you feel better? Did you feel fitter on court? Was there any advantage to it you've clearly noticed? Well, I mean, during that, I did lose weight, which was obviously, I mean, that's good, (laughs) I guess. But yeah, I I think I did feel like a bit better on court and everything. But it wasn't too big of a difference. But there definitely was some different things. So you're going to stick with the the vegan-based diet now moving forward? Pretty much. Great. And I suppose you need the ranking. You need to get up those rankings quickly so you can get to the better tournaments. Yeah. The better food. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be stuck in futures in, I don't know, in Turkey somewhere where the food isn't great. Let me tell you that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's another goal. <laughs> great. So look, obviously your training's changed. You're working on small bits and pieces. Do you have any sort of plan for 2022, a schedule? How are you going to attack the adults game? Well, I mean, I guess the plan is honestly, we try not to focus on ranking that much, but obviously ranking is important in this game. But um, the main goal is I still have a tournament limit because of my age. So we try to spread out the tournaments as much as we can throughout the year. And I'll be playing some the ITF challengers for women and then hopefully some WTA events. And how many tournaments are you limited to? Well, now for 17-year-olds, it's 16. Okay. They WTA considers that basically a full schedule. That's like a good schedule to have for every player. So, yeah, it'll be nice. So, we'll see. Great. And two questions left for you, Robin. People say enjoy the journey. One, it looks like you're enjoying the journey so far. From what I can tell here, now you may say otherwise, but is it easier or hard to enjoy the journey? Knowing me personally, that has honestly been always a challenge for me to make sure I enjoy all the moments, but it like it is what it is sometimes, but it's all about perspective, honestly. And each moment is always a wonderful moment and to be grateful for everything that you have and what you're doing. So Nice. And final thing that we always ask our guests is a bit of advice. What advice would you give a younger Robin? That's tough. (laughs) I would be basic and say to make sure to always have fun. But I think also another piece of advice is obviously making sure like you do what you love. 
And that's always the most important because if you're not doing what you love, then obviously you're not going to enjoy it. Just one last thing, Robin, I'm going to bring up is social media. I was currently at the Web Summit. It's a big international tech conference. I was lucky enough to be on stage with quite a successful football coach called Andres Villaspoas. And we were talking and I was asking him questions and he was saying about future stars. Who's going to replace Federer? Who's going to replace Nadal, Djokovic? There's not many people that, you know, that are shown signs of being that level of greatness. And the same with soccer. I'm not sure if you know Messi and Ronaldo. It's the same situation soccer. And we were getting to the bottom of it and he was saying, look, there's too much digital noise going on. There's kids out there that should be concentrating on, I don't know, being on their game or on their skills or just enjoying life, talking to people, but they're on their phones, they're in social. How have you handled that? I mean, I will even still say that I struggle with it. And it's tough because I think my generation and two gener- your generations that are older than me have always had a phone or some type of screen throughout our childhood and our adulthood pretty much. And I think now I've started to cut out like my time on Instagram because it honestly is, it can take a mental toll on someone. Yeah. Instagram is the main one. I don't really use Twitter or any, any of those that much. So Instagram was the main one that I felt like was causing a bit of a problem. (laughs) Did you decide this yourself or was it with your team or? No, I pretty much decided myself. That's why I do sometimes still hop on real quick to like answer some people or make sure I don't get any like important messages on there. So yeah, but I do my best to try to stay as much as off of it as possible. That's a great bit of advice because I think I'm probably the most guilty person in the world because we run our business on Instagram. And it's hard to pull away from it. But we'd lean Brody on the show a few weeks ago and he on match days puts his phone, gives it to his coach and says, okay, I'll get that that later. And so he can be in the moment, think about his game. But obviously it revolves a lot, not just match day, there's training days every other day. And yeah, definitely there's a lot of digital noise. But thanks for that bit of input. And it's really important you shared that. Robin, it was great speaking to you. I wish you all the best in your senior career. Looking forward to seeing some great results and keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Wishing Robin all the success moving forward into this senior game. Hope you enjoyed that episode. If you know anybody else who may find it useful, please share this episode or any of your other favorite episodes with them. I'll be back next week. And until then, make sure to get out on the tennis court and hit some tennis balls. Bye.